As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Jake Humphrey and welcome to the Premier League Tonight podcast. The Premier League's best debate show is now available as the Premier League's best podcast and you can find us on iTunes, Acast and wherever else you get your podcasts from. Joining me at Old Trafford to discuss another stellar day of Premier League action is Rio Ferdinand, Jermaine Genus and Robbie Savage. And ahead of another big week of Champions League football, the Big Five have all been in action on a Saturday. So there's also the small matter of the North London derby to discuss. Right, let's get down to it. Enjoy. Uh, what did you make of the game? Um, yeah, I thought United were, were very good going forward at times. I listened to the guys at half-time. I thought Newcastle were disciplined but expansive at times. Um, but I just thought the front three, you know, you know, I live in the Manchester area and everybody's been United fans crying out for Martial, Rashford, Lukaku to yeah. start. Mm. And they did. And, you know, Popa coming back, Ibrahimovic, you know, they got they got an awe about them, those type of players. They're Manchester United players. You know, yeah. when I played against United and Jermaine, mm-hmm. when you stand in that tunnel before the game, you're seeing those type of players. That's what Manchester United is all about. OK, United fan, Newcastle fan, football fan, whatever, get in touch with the show. We're here for the next 45 minutes. Use the hashtag PL tonight to get involved. Um, we spoke beforehand when we were pitch side and you said, look, tonight is all about the performance yeah. for Newcastle. And immediately I was like, what, isn't it always about the result? Do you still look at that and think, actually, there are reasons to take positive thoughts yeah. away from this game, despite getting beaten by, by 4-1? No, I do, yeah. Look, it was always going to be a difficult place for Newcastle to come uh, and get a result. I think the, the previous kind of six performances that Newcastle had put in, uh, the ones that stand out, Burnley away, Bournemouth at home, a little bit lacklustre, didn't seem like scoring. It felt like to me that they'd kind of gone away and worked on, rather than being organised, which Rafa is very good at, it felt like he was trying to uh, find better ways to score goals. They committed more bodies forward uh, today. In the first half, that's as good a 45-minute display I think Newcastle have put in yeah. uh, this season. The goals, if he, if he dissects the goals, he'll be disappointed. That is where, that's what Rafa Benitez will do. Um, but once you go 2-1 down, you, you start chasing it. You know, you're trying to get back into the game and you are going to get opened up. There's genuine you know, world-class quality out there and um, it, it showed in the end. OK, well, we can actually hear from Rafa Benitez. I've just been told he's in the tunnel and he's with Des. So let's hear from the Newcastle boss now. Did you need to hang on to that lead? psychologically, not just for your team, but also with the crowd here getting nervous. Need to hang on to that lead at half-time? Yeah, we knew that the most important to go half-time maybe with a draw, not at this time, because we were doing really well. But um, it was obvious that the second goal uh, gave them a lift and then it was more difficult for us in the second half. Is it because you said it's about the class of the, the United players? That's the difference in the key moments? Yeah, obviously. But it's very simple and very clear when you spend 
so much money in players uh, with this quality. Uh, they are here for that, for making the difference in some, some games. So you're in a different race, you believe. And are you punching above your weight in terms of what Newcastle are doing this season? No, I think that we, we know our strengths and our weaknesses and then today was a game that we were doing really well for 30 minutes. As soon as they scored the second goal, it was more difficult and that's it. So it's a massive difference in terms of money spent in the last years and so you can see that in every situation when you have a 1v1 situations or when you have to challenge. And they have uh, big players with quality, with pace. And then that is the, the point that I was really pleased and really proud of my players in the first half, but uh, we couldn't manage in the second half. Thank you very much. Cheers. I suppose it's understandable, but it's a shame he just points towards the, the money thing. I mean, that applies to three quarters of the teams in the Premier League haven't spent as much as Man United, have they? Yeah, he's, he's right in some ways, but I think immediately after the game, this excuse is a little bit, but... Yeah, he can take positives like JJ was saying before for the first half, the way they played. And I think this is a bit of a gimme, this game here at Old Trafford. You can afford to experiment a little bit. He's not given any chance of winning with this Newcastle team here. So he could he could maybe play with being a little bit more expansive. I think Rafa's natural way is to, to defend first and be in a, a real tight shape, two solid blocks, hard to break down. And this was a little bit different to what you normally see from a Rafa team. And as I said, I think here he could experiment and he probably will go back a little bit to basics against, against other teams. And I keep on waiting for like a big win for a big team to say, great, the title race is on. But City just keep on winning. They're just not showing any signs of slowing down, are they? Eight points still between United and City. It's ten consecutive wins on the bounce. They are a machine at the moment. And they're doing it in unbelievable style. They're doing it where you're looking at some of their goals, you're looking at some of their approach play from their attacking players as sublime. It's just beautiful to watch. And I'm saying that as someone who's, who's on the red side of Manchester, but it is great to watch Pep Guardiola's gotten them playing football that you'd pay to watch. Record that, City fans, and play it back. Sublime to watch. OK, right, let's talk about the headlines then from today. These are the big headlines after a busy old Premier League day. Painting the town red, brilliant performance from Arsenal. We're going to talk about Arsenal in just a couple of moments, but also Tottenham. Where does today leave Tottenham? Once again, Maurizio Pochettino away at a big side. Failed to get the result for his team. The other big headline from today, Blues bin the baggies. It was a good day for Chelsea. But where does the future lie for Tony Pulis? If you're a West Brom fan and you're watching this now, get involved in the show, get in touch, share your thoughts with the guys, ask them a question. Hashtag PL tonight is where you start the conversation. We'll talk about Tony Pulis' future in a minute. And Cherry's on top. Convincing win for them. Callum Wilson with a hat-trick. Brilliant performance from Bournemouth. They've really turned a corner in the last few weeks. So good news for them. But we're going to start, though, by hearing from John Onsef and Sophia. They watched the North London derby earlier on in the day, and here's what they made of the game. Hi, it's John here ahead of the North London derby. It's a massive game for both clubs, probably more for Arsenal because we'll take a seven-point lead if we win today. It's about time we won at the Emirates. We've got the team to do it, but we've got to be wary of their attacking threat as well. Spurs don't have a great record at the Emirates or Highbury, so I'm hoping for a win. I've fear it's going to be a draw and Harry Kane will score. It's been an awful half from Spurs, one of our worst I can remember. Um, Arsenal fully deserved to be a couple of goals up, although there's been some dreadful refereeing. Um, Danny Rose left out the entire squad, which was a bit of a surprise. It looks like a repeat of the Kyle Walker situation. We won the derby 2-0. For me, man of the match. I know they gave it to Ozil on the other channel, but for me, it was Mustafi. His first goal, in off the post, amazing. He defended like a rock. That was how we should be defending. Love the game. Love that we stick to them. Let's keep it going, Gunas. 
<laughs> I love that. Nice to see a smile yeah. on Sophia's face. Uh, this is a tweet from uh, John Cross, who's a, a journalist for the Mirror. He says here, Mesut Ozil, the World Cup winner and five-time German Player of the Year, who got into none of the combined North London 11s, goes off to a standing ovation. Well, Mesut Ozil was tweeting, uh, was trending all over Twitter and all the other social media platforms. These were the main mentions about him in the game this morning. All completely positive, with so much negativity around him at the moment. These were the most popular conversations about him. Class act, standing ovation, beautiful, and thank you were the most used phrases specifically on Twitter. I suppose the frustration, though, if you're an Arsenal fan is, go and do that every week. There's a reason why he wasn't in most of the combined 11s. Yeah, you can't blame people for you know for not including him in that. He's not, I wouldn't say, of been playing at that level on a consistent basis over the last couple of years, really. When Mesut Ozil is on it, he is one of the best and he is world-class. Um, I actually felt in the game against England for Germany in that slightly deeper role, he was, he was brilliant as well. And whether he's kind of gone away with the German team, um, regained some confidence, you know, we know he's loved uh, mm. a lot in Germany and he's brought that back for this particular game. Um, because he was sensational today. He, he, he was actually unplayable in the game. They didn't know how to deal with him. So do it more often? Because uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, sometimes when you watch him play, you know, for somebody who didn't have an ounce of ability he had, you know, when I see... That, well now, said, Robbie, well said. I'm just on the no one's disagreeing. You've got to be honest. Um, you, if somebody who applied myself like I did, tried to get every ounce of yeah. ability and work rate you know, on that football pitch, you know, it frustrates me to watch him because he is a brilliant player, as JJ has just said, when he's on it, but he's not on it enough. He's got to be doing this but, against but Manchester United, against Chelsea, against West Brom. You know? There are different characters, though. Yeah, Robert. I get we, it. We came across different characters while, while, when we were playing. Not everybody's of that mindset of, you know, I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can every week. Some players are like, listen, I'm, I'm the man here. You get me the ball and I'll go and show you what I'm capable but of. If he does that every week, it's fine. I'm not going to chase around yeah, after but players. I, I think the big biggest frustration for the Arsenal fans is the Arsenal team. This ain't about Mesut Ozil, this is about the Arsenal team. The whole team, the way they played to a man today, the pressing, the intensity that they played with. You watch them play ten games, you'll get that probably three or four times out of them and the other, other four, five, six times, it's not the same. And at a top level, when the margins are so small between winning and losing, you can't afford to take your foot off the gas. You can't afford mentally not to be on in tune for, for one of the games, coming here to Old Trafford or to the Etihad against the big teams. You've got to be on it all the time. You can't pick and choose when you want to do it. It's the North London derby. It's not hard to, to get up for them games. Yeah. Derbies are not hard to get up. You get out of bed, wait, you bounce out of bed. You don't, you don't slump out of bed. You bounce out ready to go and play a big match against your, your local rivals. So you don't... You don't you want that every week. You want to do that when you're away at Stoke as well. You want that when you're... And do any of you West see Brom. that performance and think you will see that from Arsenal away at Stoke? I don't know what we're going to get next Brom. week now. What are you going to get next week with Arsenal? That's the problem. And they go to Burnley. I think they've got... Is it Burnley away? Burnley? I'll, I'll, I'll back Burnley to win that game. I mean, <laughs> they've not again... Well, having just won the, having just beaten Spurs, you'd now back Burnley to beat... Burnley are in good form. To beat Arsenal. Of course and, they are. And, and, and it's a hard place to go. And I don't know what I'm going to get out of Arsenal. Yeah. That's what you'd be that's saying. that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem right there. You, it's not consistent enough and you don't know what you're going to get. The beauty of today's game for Arsenal, they've had such bad news over the last kind of like two years. Every time you go to the Emirates, it's kind of, I don't know, Wenger out or this story. That's fans uh, unrest. Today was one of those days where it didn't matter what the last five results were. It didn't matter if everybody hated Arsene Wenger. It was about winning the derby. Mm. And the support that I heard in that stadium was ridiculous. It was. It was unbelievable. And obviously transmitted itself onto the pitch to, you know, inspire the team today because they, they, they won every battle on the pitch. They were almost underdogs. That tells you how far Spurs have come. 
But Spurs, Absolutely. everyone's talking about Spurs, but Spurs haven't won anything. So we're talking about pure potential. Well, let's talk about Spurs and what Spurs' potential is then. You've got a Spurs team who everyone says are brilliant, and we've, we've done it as well. We've sat in, we've lauded them for some fantastic performances this season. But at the same time, you look at their performances against the top six under Maurizio Pochettino, away from home, 17 played, one game won. If you're going to win leagues and you're going to win titles, you've got to beat the big teams. They, they've got to get the mentality going in this team because this will be a problem for them now because they'll all see these stats. They'll all understand when we go to the big teams, we can't get when we can't get over the line. They've got to start getting in their heads. When you go away to big games, especially away to big teams, we don't get beat. What was Sir Alex Whether Ferguson's he, approach to those big games away from home? His approach, the team's approach was, first and foremost, you don't get beat. You go there and you, you, you try and come out there with minimum a draw. And then when, when the game will take its shape and then it's about making sure that you're in the game. That two, wouldn't two, be Pep Guardiola's stance though, would it? It's different, different games, courses yeah. for courses. He, he wouldn't be thinking, oh, let's not get beat. Each manager has a different yeah. mindset you know, for each no, game. Let's, let's, not, let's not get beat on the front foot, though. We're on the front foot. We're not going there and sitting back and saying, oh, hopefully we don't get... Just mm. putting our gloves up and, 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 not taking, and just taking the punches and hoping not to get knocked out. But we're, we were going there saying we'll stay in the game. Minimum we'll get is a draw, but we're, we're going to get, get a win because we know we've got the quality up front to get chances yeah. and we, we'll back I our think, strikers to banging the goals. The disappointing thing is for Spurs fans, in, the, in those big games that you're talking about where they have been beaten... Mm. Um, I won't say they've easily been beaten, but they haven't looked like winning the games. They haven't like today. Not at any stage did it seem like they were going to score. Uh, the game here against Manchester United, Manchester United were far the better side, and it was exactly the same last year. They've kind of just. They, 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 I don't know whether they come into these games with the wrong mentality, whether whether they're overly confident. I don't know what it is. But then they got it so right at home against Real Madrid in the Champions League. That, that felt almost like that, a that, mental turning. Yeah, but that game that Real Madrid, they play Real Madrid in knockout stages. It's a different team they're playing. Same players. A different team it will be, and I'm telling you, it will be a different result. It's different. The, the, the Real Madrid that that night was a, was a shadow of the team that we know Real Madrid could be. I'm telling you, because that comes to knockout stages, it will be a different different team that turn up, a different team that sharp. Don't get taking nothing away from that Spurs team and that performance on that day. They've got to get it right in these games. These games here in, in England, the big games against the top six, mm. they ain't getting it right far too often. You sound unconvinced by Tottenham. I just think if you're going to win, you're going to be talked about as being a great team. And I think Pochettino's done a great job. The way he bloods young players, he's done it at Southampton, he's doing it here at Spurs. The England team, uh, the, the spine almost of that team is becoming Spurs. And that's down to Pochettino. He has to take huge credit for that. But to be talked about as a great team, as a top team, you've got to win trophies. They're not going to get near well, winning the Premier League. It's difficult year. though, Jake, because you know, Tottenham have come so far. Yeah. And it's actually crazy that we sit here talking about Tottenham winning the league. You know, but we do. We, we, we sat here going, well, this team are that good. He's that good a manager. Um, why can't they win these big games? Because that, that is what is going to win you, win you the league. Now, you know, with the team that they've got, yes, their best 11 is capable of doing it. But you know, essentially, when you do look at what Manchester City have got and what United have got to an extent as well, the chances are that they're not going to be doing it this year. But you know, in terms of progression, that club you know, and that team, they're all doing the right things. They're playing... At half of you know what, no Wanyama, Dembele is just about. Uh, but JJ, you see, Harry Kane's injured. But you say them players, you see them players just saying to come back. Mm. I still don't think them players get them over the line to win the league. They're great players. I think what they what they lack compared to a Man City, to um, a Man United, a Chelsea, what they lack is a player with the X factor. Deli Ali, great player. Harry Kane, great player, going to score you goals. But they haven't Harry got the Kane's X. Harry Kane's got the X factor. 
He's not going to. He's not going to get the ball in the halfway line. Take on four he's, players. He's won the Golden Boot the last two years. On yeah, that's got goal. Like he's, he's, he's a goal scorer. Like a I'm talking about X Factor: a Hazard, yeah. a Sanchez mm. at Arsenal, um, a, a Pogba, uh, a Martial, Rashford type player. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't. I don't see that type of player in at Spurs at the moment. Mm. Someone who can get the ball and draw two or three players around him because he has that quality. They identify that you say we can't give him space, mm. and they, they, all the defenders come out to him, yeah. which frees up other players. They haven't got that guy. So have we given Spurs too much praise in this season? Because we talk about Arsenal being in decline. They've got a point less than Tottenham. Everyone talks about Manchester United playing boring football. I think they've now scored seven Premier League goals more than Spurs. And, so, got, a better, and got a better defensive record. So how, how good is this Spurs yeah, team? Yeah, really? gets criticised for beating Spurs 1-0 at home. Gets hammered. Yet. Above Spurs in the table. The, Mourinho plots his way to win games. Plots his way to win championships, whether it's with Chelsea, whoever. Yeah, he gets hammered because this is Manchester United, one of the biggest clubs in the world. Spurs are yet to be that. Simple as that. Are we being too tough on Spurs, do you think? Um, a little bit. A little bit. You know, At Manchester United, things are expected and that's why you get criticised when you don't win things, when you spend a quarter of a million pounds on, on, on transfers. At Spurs, the fact that we're having a conversation about them, even, even being tied to contenders, shows how far the club's come. I think... It, it, at times, we're right to criticise at times. You know, that, that stat there, one win in 17 against top clubs, is something yeah. that they need to address. But they're a work in progress. And they if, they, if, they, if they get that, that X-Factor player, just think what that would do for Harry Kane, what that would do for Deli Alley in terms of giving them more space. Do you That's see Daniel Levy, at. though, going and spending 90 million quid on a football player? I don't know. No, we'll I don't think so either. Let's get back to today's action. Then Chelsea against West Brom. Let's hear from Josh and Rory. This is their day. Alright, so just leaving the ground now, it's 4-0, Chelsea, awful from Van Albion, uh, Pulis has basically lost the fans and the dressing room, um, Pulis out chance ringing around the stadium at the end, um, and it's basically turning the club into a toxic mess, we were awful for 70 minutes, good for the first 20, but awful for the last 70 minutes. In Eden Hazard we have a player capable of winning a Ballon d'Or uh, very, very soon, it was incredible, however, can't say the same for West Brom. Uh, it felt quite poisonous in the stadium. I think they're in trouble. The fans were chanting for Pulis out, and I'm worried as to what this season holds in store for them. But delighted for us. <laughs> I bet. What, what, what's it like being a West Brom fan? Do you think two wins in their last 21 games under Tony Pulis? It's a hard team to watch, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you, when you listen to the fans, um, they are not happy, obviously. And I think a lot of that is down to the fact they pay their money to go and watch football. They, they travel. And I think they can understand getting beat, but getting beat within a certain way. They don't feel entertained. They don't ever feel like they're going to win games or score goals. And, um, yeah, I think that they just feel like that, that whole kind of, well, we're mid-table and we should be happy about mm. it. They're, well, they're not, and um, it, they're now making it be heard. Well, exactly, well, and, they're, and they're not mid-table anymore, are they? They are properly in a relegation scrap, and you can see the reason why. They're 17th in the league in terms of goals, 16th in the league in terms of attempts, 19th for passes, and they're bottom of the league in terms of average possession. People talk about Tony Pulis is the right man because he keeps you in the Premier League. If you're winning 2-21, in 21, you're not staying in the Premier League, so that, that goes out the window straight away. But... My problem with people calling for Tony Pulis's head is where do you go from Tony Pulis? When you've got a problem, when you're fighting relegation, where do people normally go? They phone him. <laughs> they phone Tony Pulis, Sam Allardyce. They're the, they're the people that repeat, repeat dial. So where did West Brom go when they let him go? That's, that's the only question I we have. We were saying that earlier, weren't we? They're almost getting yeah. themselves into a position where you need Tony Pulis. It's the wrong time yeah. to be calling for more exciting football. You're not in that type of position now. You need to kind of guarantee... 
uh, a better position in the Premier League and survival before you even start, you know, kind of shouting about better style of football. But on the other side, the disciplined, organised, defensive football is not winning games either, or not they're losing games. So, you know. On radio phones, on this show, you have West Brom fans saying, you know, it's dull. I pay, as JJ said, I pay my money, I want to be entertained. You know, so I think you can put up with winning games in a, in a dull, yeah. boring way. When you're losing games, you're going to pay your money. You're watching, you're losing those games. That's when it becomes difficult for the so, manager. But I'm not, I'm not a guy who wants to see any manager sacks. I've never done it. It's a very difficult job. And I think, you know, he, he's done a great job at West Brom over the course of his of his time there he's got the best squad he's ever had probably at West Brom you know I, I'm not sure what the wage budget is probably as high as he's ever been so you would say we look at that they're probably in one of the worst positions they've been for a while as you say that's that two wins in 21 not playing such an expansive style of football so that style he's playing now they could get relegated by so what do you do okay. well he's he's been talked about now for the Wales job he's he's on the list along with the likes of Ryan Giggs, because as you know, Chris Coleman quit the Wales job last night. Let's first of all talk about that. Chris Coleman leaving Wales. We believe he's set to take over from Sunderland in the next few days. Sunderland, by the way, who are rock bottom in the championship. What do you make of the decision? I think it's probably the right time to leave Wales. Why? Um, because he achieved everything. He will never replicate the Euros. That was an incredible run, you know, to get to the semi-finals, mm. to play the way they did, to beat Belgium, you know, exceed expectations. And then... The group, they, you know, they could have got out of the group. That game against Ireland was, was a huge blow. You know, they didn't qualify for the World Cup. So now, for me, it's the right time. You know, the, the question is, is Sunderland the right job for him? It's probably one of the biggest jobs in that, in that, in that league. No question about that. Villa, you know, there are a few teams like... But they are in you know, dire straits. Dire straits. But what does he do? Obviously, if he, if he signed and sealed for Sunderland, you say he's going to take that job, but... If he, if he hasn't signed, I don't know if it's confirmed yet, but if he's not signed, you're looking at the bottom end of the Premier League, you know, would somebody take a gamble on Chris Coleman because what he done with Wales? Has he got the experience to manage in the Premier League? Well, he's... let's take Swansea as a good example. They're a Welsh team who are struggling. There's a lot of pressure on them. What he can do, you know, what he can do, he can galvanise a dressing room because yeah. the lads love him, I'm led <clears> to believe. You know, I know a lot of lads in the squad, as the JJ and Real, you know, he'll get them together. And I know it's a cliched saying, but they will run through brick walls for him. You know, mm. the, you ask Aaron Ramsey, you ask Gareth Bale, you ask a superstar in Gareth Bale how much he enjoys going and playing for that man there. And they'll tell you. So he's, he's inexperienced in terms of Premier League manager, but if he was to get a Premier League job, he probably will go to Sunderland. I think he could keep a team up. A huge part of it is getting players to play for you. I think yeah. in managerial terms, you've got to get players who believe in what you're doing, believe in your methods, and want to go out there and perform for you. And if you're going by that, his credentials are there on the, in the in writing because this Wales team done that. And despite everything that's going on tonight, he turned on the Christmas lights in Newport, um, and he was spoken to actually by a reporter about what's happening. And he and this is what uh, Polly James put on Twitter: Who does Chris Coleman want as the next Wales manager? His answer: As long as he's a passionate Welshman. Uh, here, here, Cookie. She says thank you, Chris and Bob. Um, so, who is a passionate Welshman? What would be the reaction, Robbie, in Wales if Ryan Giggs got the job? Well, there's a lot of, you know, when you speak about, you know, look at Gareth Bale performances for Wales compared to Ryan Giggs. Ryan Giggs is a legend, you know, but Gareth Bale's performances as a country were better than Ryan Giggs. Yeah. A lot of people will criticise Ryan Giggs because he didn't turn up for that many friendly internationals. But 
I think friendly internationals are a waste of time, in my opinion. You know, I think when he's playing for Manchester United, you know, winning trophies, if Wales were playing against uh, 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 yeah, a, a country, why would he... It's, it's just my opinion, Jake. I think friendly internationals are pointless. That's what I believe. And so I, I respect Ryan Giggs not playing that. So despite being a passionate Welshman yourself, you were OK with him missing those games, were you? Yeah. Jake, I think international friendlies are pointless. That's just my opinion yeah. when I play for my Who country. Who do you want to see Welsh manager as a Welshman? So, you know, when Mark Hughes took the job, he had no international experience. Bobby Good left, Neville Southall and Mark Hughes had, took temporary charge of one game. Then Mark Hughes got the job and it was brilliant for Wales. Then he's got on to have a fantastic Premier League career. So, people say, well, what could Ryan Giggs do it for the first job? I would say Ryan Giggs, if he wants to do it, I'm yeah. not sure if Ryan Giggs wants to do it, but does he want to be a club manager or an international manager? It might suit Ryan Giggs to be an international manager. Who's out there? If, if you're going to chuck Ryan Giggs into the mix, you probably could chuck someone like Craig Bellamy into the mix. Correct. Craig, he's a passionate Welshman. You're looking at John Artson. I'm not saying John Artson's manager. You're looking at passionate Welshman, so let's go through Dean Saunders, um, um, Ryan Giggs is a yeah. passionate Welshman. Um, yeah. Craig Bellamy's Bellamy. a huge passion. And he knows the game inside out, you know, and he, he will get the best out of people. Um, Robert so- Page, under 21. Robert Page. Boss. Yeah, it done, I'm not sure he's ready for the first no. team yet. It's just my personal opinion. So you're looking at Dean Saunders. You haven't mentioned Robbie Savage. No, I'm not. I don't want to be a manager. I'm such a good pundit. Why would I be a manager? Know <laughs> um, where um, your skills lie away um, yeah, from the football correct. field. You yeah. know, you got to play. You got to do the best of what you got. You know, yeah. why would I want to leave being a pundit when I'm, exactly. you know, winning awards and stuff? So anyway, um, <laughs> how many awards did you win? A though? few, a few. So <laughs> it's not for me, management. It's not for me, <laughs> management. Finally, won something. You know. Oh. So I would. I agree. A passionate yeah. Welshman. Yeah. You know, John. Give Arson, us a name then. Who would you like to see take on I that think job? Ryan Giggs. Personally, I'm not sure he, he, it suits him. I'm not sure it suits him. Mm. If not, why not give it to somebody like you know Craig Bellamy mm. with a John Artson there? Because Mark Hughes. Does it really need to be a Welshman though? I I think so. You've seen how the Welsh lads responded to Chris Coleman, and that's all that needs to be said. How much they responded to him in those Euros. Okay, right. Can you give us a name or not? I think Tony Pulis is a good name and have somebody like a Bellamy next to him. Yeah. Uh, kind of got the whole package then, I feel. Rio? Giggs? I'd give it to Giggsy, yeah. If he wants it, I'd, I'd give it to Giggsy. OK. Uh, Henry says, world-class Ozil. That's his three-word match report. Arsenal fans, by the way, tonight all over here are full of praise for today's man of the match, Meza Ozil, after their 2-0 win at home against Spurs. A lot of them are critical that we spoke about Tottenham for so long rather than praising Arsenal. So let's just do that very quickly. Arsenal, brilliant today. You just want to see that more often from them. Yeah. Um, when you see Arsenal like that, they're a fantastic team to watch. And you, you pay to watch them play. I think Arsenal Wenger gets them playing like that every week. There'll be a force to be reckoned with. That's okay. just the problem. Time to talk about when your new manager has shocked you. The stories from these three are going to be fun. First of all, let's hear from all of you. David Wagner hasn't stopped surprising us since the day he walked through the door at Huddersfield Town. Uh, his appointment was a surprise. I don't think any of us had ever heard of him. Uh, straight away, it turned aside struggling in the championship into a team that played like Barcelona overnight. The thing about Wenger's arrival was Patrick Vieira. I remember the game, we were 1-0 down against Sheffield Wednesday and then he basically came on for Ray Parler and ran the game. And I thought, if this is the kind of player Arsene's going to bring in, then I'm very excited. We were already going down when Rafa Benitez came in and you know he just lifted the club. You know, we've seen the carry-on from Mike Ashley over the years, Steve McLaren. 
And when he came in, you just seen everybody have hope. Pep Guardiola, every time you see a City team sheet, he's normally left a little surprise on there for you somewhere. And even for day one, there were surprises from the start. Moving Joe Hart out of the first team, shifting away from the reliance on Vincent Kompany and Yaya Torre, playing six in midfield. I think the City fans would come to learn that Guardiola has always got the sense to mix it up at some point. It's fair to say that most Stoke fans weren't particularly happy when Mark Hughes was appointed, but... We had to eat our words as he abandoned the style of play that Tony Pulis left behind and introduced an attacking, free-flowing style that was very appealing on the eye. Lots of positivity there. Um, something slightly less positive. Rob Price has just got in touch on Twitter. Pellegrino has shocked me. I don't know another manager who gets Southampton playing even more boring football than the previous manager. Aladwin Jones says, Bob Bradley, say no more. And John Helmsley, Ranieri, was the biggest shot for us. And the rest is history. Go on, you've, you've played under a number of managers. What, mm. what stands out when I talk about a manager shocking you? Uh, yeah, I mean, before I tell the story, can I just say that Wande Ramos was one of the, the best managers. <laughs> oh, it's about Wande Ramos. Then, yeah, he, okay. he was a very good manager, by the right. way. But what really shocked me was that he, he banned Lucasades uh, from the training ground right. and completely changed the whole food regime. I mean, no sauces on pastas, no butters, the rest of it. And um, so the Lucasade out of the dressing room. So one day we turn up and the fitness coach has essentially, he's got potatoes, pasta, ice and water, put it in a blender and then poured it into a cup and then laid them all out for the whole team. So we've all come in at half time for a drink, and he's like, drink that. And we're saying, you're having a laugh. You know, I mean, anyway. So how disgusting was it? It was vile. Oh. I mean, it was the whole team stood there at half time, pinching their <laughs> noses, pouring it down the throat. And then it, was, it tasted that bad that yeah. we ended up complaining. And they chucked in a bourbon biscuit to try and make it a bit better. But Did it make it any better? No, it was still vile. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a good manager. Well, it, made, it actually felt quite fit, to be honest with you, but I was no way I was doing it again. So, right. but yeah, he's a good manager. Was it cooked potato? Has to have been. I don't know, Jake. Has it was just disgusting. Been, Horrible. Rio, what about you? Um, yeah, Capello made a few changes mm. when he was in the England squad. He was, uh, I, was uh, I, I used to have two slices of toast every morning, filled up with butter and a cup of tea. Um, and I came down to, to breakfast in the morning and there was no butter on the table, so I'm going to the chef, where's the butter? Not allowed. Well, how am I going to have my bread, my butter with my <laughs> toast? What's going on? The manager said no. And I said to him, what? He said, he kept saying, why do you need butter? So then I ended up having to put olive oil on it <laughs> and then brush it on and then put a bit of salt on it to have a bit of like, like, like the butter that I like. So it was just weird. I was sitting there thinking, what is that going to do for my football? Footballers have little things that they do before every game, most of us, that are like superstitions. That was one of mine. I need my butter on my toast. I was about to say, it's, it uh, sounds to me like little things coming. bother you, whether it's banning your Lucozade or banning your butter. It messes like, with your in head, the grand man, scheme of things, it? it's not that important in life, but it seems that it is those little Comforts. things. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. People will think, oh, it's such a little thing, what are you moaning about? No, it's something that's just, it's just drugged you off your path that you're on to go and have a good game. Not having any butter. And you're thinking, you're going, doing your laces up thinking, I've not had the butter on my toast. <laughs> <laughs> people think you're mental, but you'll be sitting there going crazy or... Someone will take your shin pads before a game and mess it about, and you've got to wear another pair, and you're going, but they're not the ones I wore last week, yeah, one, that, three, one. That definitely Oh, my God. Well, oh, oh, my luck's gone. We're, oh, we're not going to be able to pass the ball today. The wrong pads. Have you got my pads? Where's my pads? <laughs> and I've had no butter on my toast. Yeah, and that just compounds it. But superstition is a big thing in, in, in the game. What about you, Rob? It's pre-season, Nigel Clough. He introduced swimming. I'm one of the worst swimmers ever and he used to we used to go to Loughborough in a in an Olympic sized pool and he used to get a brick. And you know when you do like your life saving you in school and, and you have to wear your clothes, you mm. have to get the brick. But 
um, we just had our shorts on, he dropped the brick to the bottom, he had to push the brick along the bottom of the water until the, you get to the end. I was the worst swimmer then. They used to wear it's taken me ages and ages. Do not, so Do you not think though that sometimes these managers when they arrive at a club they just want to do something different just to make an impact? We used to play cricket. <laughs> Nigel Clough used to take us to play cricket. We, if we were struggling, you know, we'd say, Right, today you go out and train and there'd be a game of cricket. Eleven v eleven cricket. Brilliant. And the lads loved it. Yeah. So you come in, you you see the trap laid out, you're thinking we've lost the game, oh here we go, we're gonna be running. And the the wickets come out. We're having a game of cricket. Boundaries, yeah. We're having a game of cricket. It really, it's the little yeah. things in life, yeah. isn't it? And very quickly, wasn't it Moyes that banned chips here at United? Yeah, that was another one. Oh, <laughs> I mentioned that, but if you got angry about the butter, what were you like about the chips? No, I was fuming. I went straight to the chef and demanded this and I want a room service. <laughs> I'm going around the, the back to make sure I get my chips. But no, there are things that sometimes managers think are doing the right thing, but sometimes can unsettle players, and that yeah. was one of them. All right, Rio likes his food. I think we've learned that from this story. <laughs> what a performance by the Arsenal today, keeping up their 100% record at home. We didn't look up for it, we didn't compete well, and just was so unlike the team we've become under Pochettino. What a player Liverpool now have got in Mo Salah. 14 goals already, and that's matched the top scorer for last season. Unbelievable top bins goal, smashing with Man City broke when Leicester had a good chance to equalise and uh, killed the game off at 2-0. And we're in cruise control from then. I think we have just seen the Premier League champions. Thanks for listening to the Premier League Tonight podcast. Next week, we've got a great match in store as Chelsea travel to Anfield to take on Liverpool. So be sure to join us then live on BT Sport. And of course, if you enjoyed this week's show, feel free to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thanks for listening and see you very soon. Bye-bye.